Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's Odds and End Zones, a podcast feature of MileHighReport.com. From props to parlays to totals and spreads, it's time to sweat it out. Here are your hosts, Ian St. Clair and Adam Malnati. Adam, the Denver Broncos cannot win in the AFC West. Except when they play the Los Angeles Chargers. Since 2019, the Broncos are 4-2 and two against the Chargers. Can't beat the Raiders. Can't beat the Chiefs. But they can beat the Chargers. I don't know if that says more about the Broncos or more about the Chargers. Probably more about the Chargers, considering how bad the Broncos have been for the last 70% of a decade. I don't know. 84 years? (laughs) 84 years. I knew we'd get there eventually. Uh, You know, Chargers season is great. Preseason Chargers are fantastic. And then, of course, we always get to the regular season and they kind of fall apart. It, it took all the way to the last game of the season in 2021 for them to realize they were the Chargers and screw it up and not make the playoffs. I don't know how long it will take them this year. It feels like they've already started chargering, if you will. But I'm not sure that they are actually going to charger against the Denver Broncos. This is um, this is a team, and we're, I'm just going to start talking about the, the Denver Broncos because that's what we're here for. This is a team that has me questioning anything and everything about the NFL and about what I know and about what I was hoping for. Like I'm mad at myself for for falling prey to the hype. All those damned hype videos got me so pumped up about the season that I've I've got two count them one two fantasy football teams that have the Russell Wilson Cortland Sutton stack 
that has only benefited me one week. One of them I'm actually undefeated, not sure how. That's the, all of the other teams. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not undefeated anymore. Had Travis Kelsey caught one more touchdown pass, I would have made a 40-point comeback yesterday, but it didn't happen. So it's fine. Whatever. I, I just am not comfortable with this team right now. And it, quite honestly, I, I think I if you read my most recent article about what's killing the Denver Broncos, it's stupidity. And my dad, my old, the old man, haven't had an old man reference yet on the new new format here, but my old man will tell you that the most insulting word his father ever uttered to him was the word stupid. If he called you stupid, it was it, it was because he was mad at you and you did something absolutely stupid. And I get it. Like I I get it because the Broncos right now are stupid. And it is so frustrating. And I'm not going to get into the whole culture war argument about, you know, fair weather fans and the freaking, uh, I, I guess we'll call it the the gatekeeping. You be a fan how you want to be a fan. I don't care. Uh, yeah, I, exactly. I used to get into those arguments. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm too old. I'm too tired. I don't care. You cheer. You root. You pay for. I don't give a, a rat's patootie. But you want my, you you want me to show up every week and not have this sort of doomsday attitude? Put something on the field that doesn't make me say, well, you're stupid. You know what it makes me think of? I, I hope you tell me because I, I really don't know. I want to leave the suspense. It's our old catchphrase. Oh, they're just. That's pl- what the Broncos have been doing. Just plopping it out five there. weeks. Yeah. Just plopping it out there and expecting it to perform. Well, it hasn't That's literally performed. what they're all doing. Mm-hmm. No, it hasn't. What's funny, though. Chubb has. That's true. Chubb has risen to the occasion, if you will. Chubb has been plopped out there, and he has performed. Yeah, he's uh, he's been doing quite nicely. He's uh, you know, he's he's hitting the hole. He's he's finding his way. He's disrupting. He's pounding. Chubb is getting all over quarterbacks. He's pounding on those quarterbacks. Absolutely, it is. It has been fun. You got to give the defense credit here. I will say that the, there is not. There, there's not anything on this team that's perfect. And the defense has struggled at times as well. The Raider game, for example, is a is a good place to go for that. But this defense has been very good most of the time. And it really does boil down to the stupidity of decision-making on the offensive side of the football by the head coach. And if that continues against the Chargers, they won't, they won't, be four, they won't be four and uh, or what is it four and two against the Chargers? Is that what you said they are or something mm-hmm. like that? They they won't be. They'll be four and three. They'll they'll lose to the Chargers because of the amount of talent that the Chargers have. They'll lose to that talent. Not that the Chargers are good, because the Chargers are the Chargers. They've got good talent too. They just don't win games. They will win this game. And that leads me to where I think this is the perfect opportunity on Monday Night Football for Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett. The offensive line, the running game, the play calling, Nathaniel Hackett, Justin Outen, which I stole a line in my winners and losers from Thursday night from office space. What? What would you say you do here? But uh, this is the perfect opportunity for this offense to figure it out because the Chargers defense is horrible. It is legitimately horrible. 
23rd in overall defense, 25th in rushing, 20th in passing, 30th in scoring. If Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett, and the Broncos offense is going to get it figured out, this is the time to do it because the Chargers defense is charging. They're char- they're charging hard, um, which which is perhaps the remedy. Uh, and I am I am with you on that. That the the opportunity is there. That's the thing that uh, we have to to really understand is that for the Broncos, their their record isn't terrible. They're not out of it. They're, that's the other thing. It feels in Broncos country like everything is is over, and that seems to be the attitude. When when you've got a fan base that is arguing about whether or not fans are fanning hard enough or uh, are are supposed to stay or go or whatever, when when that's the conversation you're having as a fan base, then the franchise is is floundering a little bit. But if you think about it. They're not out of the playoff race at all. They're still very early in the season. They're not completely done. It's not as if things can't be turned around. And, and so I don't want to be all doom and gloom here. That's not really what I want from this point of view. But I understand the point of view of, okay, this sucks and we're, and we're terrible and everything just, just blow it all up. And, and let's, you know, let's trade everybody away for picks. I mean, I already have seen tweets about I'm trading away Judy and Chubb and blah, blah, blah. I'm getting all the picks. I can't, is that really where we're at five games into the season? If it is at two and three, where your mind has gone, take a deep breath, relax, freak out in a couple of weeks, but don't do it now. Don't do it now. Because you have a little bit of time to watch this team. And I know I've said many times I'm too old and too tired to allow a team to make me this angry. And it's too frustrating. I, I And I still am saying that right now. However, I'm not, I'm not hitting the explode it button. right? I'm not pushing down on the old Acme plunger, for those of you who remember Looney Tunes and Wiley Coyote. In fact, if I did, I feel like it would blow myself up. I'd probably the Wiley Coyote in this situation. So... You know, feel that, feel that in with the good, out with the bad. I feel, I feel better now. I feel refreshed. And it's not like they're far away. As I've said multiple times, if they score one or two touchdowns against the Seahawks, we're not talking about how great Geno Smith is. They score one more touchdown against the Texans. It's a blowout. If the defense shows up against the Raiders, they win that game because the offense did show up. So it's not like the team is far away. It's just a matter of putting it all together. Now, I'm not I'm not saying this is going to happen, but it's just it's fascinating how 10 years ago, Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos were in the exact same situation. Two and three heading to Monday night football against the chargers. I, I mean, I, 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 I'm not saying that Russell Wilson is Peyton Manning because it's completely different situations, completely different teams, completely different makeups, all that. It's just fascinating because it can flip on a dime and that's what happens in the national football league. You think it's going to go one way and it flips another because from sports betting to being a fan, to being a writer. Nobody knows anything. 
when it comes to this league. Well, and, and that I think takes us right into the keys to the game because history doesn't necessarily repeat itself like people say, but it does echo. And so this is one of those echoes. And maybe this echo is going to sound uh, enough like what happened in that wonderful Monday night game when uh, Peyton Manning led one of the greatest comebacks in, in NFL history, right? Down 24 to nothing at halftime. And then boom, the defense doesn't give up another point the rest of the way. And the offense just goes ham. So perhaps you'll get an echo here. Perhaps you'll get a, a nice win. I don't know. But that does, I think, take us right to our keys to the game. And for me, it goes back to what I've been saying since last week, since since the Broncos decided to play stupid. Don't be stupid. Make good decisions. Do the right things at the right time decision-wise. If it's smart to run the clock out, kick a field goal, and let your defense do the job it's been doing all game and take a win that way, do that. If it's if it's smart to go ahead and and not kick off again after a uh, after an offsides call because why would you have a guy take a ball out from seven yards deep in the end zone and then and then fumble and put the and potentially put the other team immediately in scoring position at the end of the half if that's the smart decision to not do that don't do that be smart be football smart I can't be smarter football wise than the head coach of the Denver Broncos if the Denver Broncos are going to be successful. And so that's my key to the game is don't be stupider than me when it comes to football, because I'm not a football guy. I mean, I am, I love football, but I don't, I don't coach it. I'm not in the NFL. In fact, today I had to talk about us history again, because that's my job. So don't be football stupid and maybe you'll win again. Mine actually ties into that. Do your job it's cliche. It's, it's up there with you win or lose in the line of scrimmage. Do your job. If everyone does their job, the Broncos will win. And that should be the expectation every week, but it starts at the top. It starts at Nathaniel Hackett and it goes down to Justin Outen. What, what would you say you do here? Elijah Evero. Ajiro. His name is Ajiro Evero. It's a great. I actually really like his name, but I know it's tough. But it's got kind of like a cool old school vibe to it. Ajiro Evero. He, he is a Game of Thrones character type name right there. That's that's a really good. Like, I'm surprised he's not, um, I don't know, part of House Lannister or some junk like that. Probably wouldn't be a Lannister. What, he pretty yeah. He'd probably be a Targaryen. Targaryen, I could see that. I know. Well, now we got to do it's House of the Dragon now. We can't go all the way back mm-hmm. to Game of Thrones, which is actually going forward in the chronological order. Of the, it's very confusing. The prequels always get me, right? Like in the Star Wars prequels, for some reason, the technology was better in the prequels than it was in the in the original because, you know, the 1970s were different than the 1990s mm-hmm. and early 2000s, that kind of thing. So it's just kind of, you just have to accept it, I suppose. Wow. We, tangent. That's a quick, that, that was a tangent, yeah. but if everyone does its job or their job, the Broncos are in a, in a position to have success and to win this game. Yeah. Talent-wise, but it starts with right. Daniel Hackett mm-hmm. and then it goes to Russell Wilson. All right. Player to watch. Let's start on, let's start on defense. Let's, let's start with happier things. Let's, let's smile a little player to watch. You got one. Uh, Baron Browning. Oh, good. The That's dude a good was one. 
that dude was unbelievable on Thursday night. That was such he a had good a success, one. Yeah. He had a success, uh, an edge success, a pass rush success rate, the highest that pro football focus has ever had. And there was talk from certain people in Broncos country getting their panties in a bunch about Baron Browning moving to edge. Durr. Well, I think it was a right move. That is such a good one and such a good point. I really like that. You know, actually, I would say the the biggest uh, disappointment of the loss to Indianapolis, aside from the loss, was when we do our game balls, there were a couple of guys who stood out as players to, that deserved game balls on the defensive side. Baron Browning was one of them. The other one is my player to watch, Caden Stearns. And so, I, I mean, that, there's another guy there that just absolutely had one of his best games and then it didn't work out as a victory for the Broncos. But Caden Stearns is another one. And I th- I think I'm okay with co- with saying Caden Stearns. I-, I don't think he's on the injury report, unlike so many others. Like, you got to almost look and be like, all right, well, who's not injured? Because there are a ton of injuries right now for the Broncos on defense. And it's it's one of those things where you go, okay, they lost some guys. But there are still some guys who are balling out. We could, You could have gone Bradley Chubb there. I, I think that yours with Baron Browning is fantastic. I like Caden Stearns on this. You can always say PS2 because he's incredible. But was, I, I'm going to go with Caden Stearns on this one. Offense, who you got on offense? Well, I just switched this over to offense, and then you just stared blankly at me. <laughs> offense, it's it's really easy. Russell Wilson. I And then if you want to... If you want to do a, a correlation, Nathaniel Hackett, his play calling has to be better. And Russell Wilson has to find open receivers because there's been a lot of talk about the breakdown from uh, from Kurt Warner on Russell Wilson from Thursday night. And he missed a lot of a lot of open receivers. And I don't know if that's tied into his shoulder and he didn't trust it, or he's like uh, Ben Stiller from uh, Zoolander and he can't turn left. And Russell Wilson can't look to his left or he can't look to his right, whatever. He needs to find his open receiver. So I, I'm going Russell Wilson and then tied into that, Nathaniel Hackett's play calling has to be better. And the other part of that that I think is going to be in question is what's going to happen with the offensive line. The loss of Garrett Bowles, whether you uh, are a fan of his or not, he he is the left tackle. He is done for the year. I think that is a huge impact just in the ripple effect that you get throughout the offensive line and what they're going to do. So to me, it's not necessarily an individual, but it is the offensive line. I think that what we saw against Indianapolis was their struggles at offensive line uh, were exacerbated by the Denver Broncos ability to get home with some good pass rush. Is that going to be an issue for the Denver Broncos? Now that Garrett Bowles is out for the season, how will they adjust and give Russell Wilson the time that he needs to be able to uh, find his open receivers. Because I don't care how open you are if there's no there's nobody blocking. That's not going to matter. And it will also in turn affect the run game. So it, it is going to be sort of the, the boring thing to say here is watch the offensive line. But quite frankly, that is going to be an issue for them moving forward because can Melvin Gordon find room to run? Is Russell Wilson going to have time to pass? What will happen to the offense knowing that the left tackle is no longer 
playing left tackle and you got to have somebody else in there who's doing it. So to me, he's the guy or that's the position left tackle offensive line that I'm going to be paying attention to. So in terms of the offensive line, I'm hoping that Quinn Meniers is finally able to get back because Graham Glasgow sucks something terrible. Yeah. I know there's a lot of focus. It was rough. Graham Glasgow was rough. He had a rough go. Yeah. And there's been a lot of talk about Lloyd Cushenberry. I think it's been exasperated by how bad Graham Glasgow is. So if Quinn Meniers is able to come back, here's hoping Billy Turner is able to finally get on the field and play right tackle. I think that will help whether it's Cam Fleming or whoever fills in for Garrett Bowles, whatever side of the field Khalil Mack is on in 2015, we saw what he can do against a bad Broncos offensive line when he blew up Brock Osweiler. Don't let that happen again, especially since Joey Bosa is not going to be on the field. Get a tight end over there, whether it's Beck or Salbert or Tomlinson, instead of having them run routes. That's something else that I, why are we targeting tight ends who probably came into this season with two catches combined? Why are they the highest targeted receivers on the field? That's just stupid to tie back to your key to the game. But I, I think the offensive line will be helped by getting Quinn Meniers on the field and getting Graham Glasgow on the bench where he should be. And then here's something else to watch. Latavius Murray was signed after Javante Williams got hurt. I think Latavius Murray is going to be the number one back for this team. I could see that. I think you're probably right. I think the the Melvin Gordon thing is it's his his ball carrying is a little too iffy as far as just being able to hold on to it. You don't want to put too much pressure on him. He he played well uh, against Indianapolis in that he didn't fumble. So you got to give him credit for that. He well, had he a, did, but he had it a didn't near count. fumble. He had a near fumble, and so it doesn't count. And so we're just going to pretend it didn't happen to move on. But but I think you're right there with that. Uh, do you have a bold prediction for this game? My only bold prediction is there will be more Broncos fans at SoFi Stadium than Chargers fans. That's, That's not, not bold. exactly bold. That's not bold. <laughs> but I think it'll help the defense. And I think they're going to they're going to hit Justin Herbert like he hasn't been hit all year. I think Baron Browning, Bradley Chubb, DJ Jones. I, I think this defense is going to not only hit Justin Herbert, but they're going to limit the big plays. And I think the defense is going to hold them to under two touchdowns. Interesting. So the that defense, actually... the defense is going to do its job. It's going to it's going to be thirteen points or less for the Chargers' offense. Okay. All right. Well, that kind of ties into my uh, bold prediction. My bold prediction is that the Broncos score two, count them one, two touchdowns in this game, which is a lot for this offense. And so I'm going to say two touchdowns for the Denver Broncos, and I think that that uh, that that could be a good thing. I, I don't really know. Um, it, it's not necessarily for my score as I do have a prediction here, uh, that I did write down. Um, but I'll let you give your score prediction first. I feel like two is a, a pretty bold prediction for this offense. It is. And I, if I predict that the defense holds Herbert and the chargers to under two touchdowns, which is saying something because the chargers have one of the best offenses in football. Yes, they do. <sighs> Maybe I get burned for this. I think the Broncos win. I'll go 
1913. Oh, okay. That's not bad. Uh, our scores are similar, uh, but not with the same outcome. I have the Chargers win in this game, uh, 23 to 13. I, I don't, uh, I do think they score two touchdowns. I think they go for two at some point and miss, uh, I, or Brandon McManus misses one. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he missed one. So, uh, that's, that's where I'm at right now. Um, I tell you what, let's do this. Let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll do our whip around the league. And then we will, um, you know, take a look at the AFC West, take a look at everything that's happening in the NFL. And then we will sign off and say, go Broncos. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Adam, since this is a betting-themed show, I'm just going to say it right now. I'm not touching the Broncos-Chargers game. And we usually do our prop of the week for Commanders Bears. I'm not touching that game either because Thursday night football is usually bad enough, but now the NFL is just giving us games that are like, you're trolling us, aren't you? Like you're testing whether or not we're going to watch every game because Commanders at Bears I think I think the NFL knows that we will watch. That's the that's the part about it that is fascinating to me. They know we're going to watch. This is there's no mystery here. It's not like they're unaware or they didn't know. They they know. They know what Thursday night is. Thursday night is the least enjoyable game of the week. It's the game that they really should get rid of, but we're going to watch. We we will watch. I guarantee we will in some way shape or form watch the games on Thursday night, whether it be in passing or as you're watching uh, the, you know, playoff baseball, if you do that, which I know there's uh, a significant number of people who choose not to watch playoff baseball, uh, which is fine, whatever. You don't want to watch playoff baseball, don't watch playoff baseball. But that, I mean, I will be. Um, but, but yeah, they know. They know we're going to watch. They know we're not going to have an option. I, I'm with you, though. That's, that's not a game I would touch with a 10-foot betting pole. I, I just wouldn't do it. So I don't really have a, a prop for anybody this week, and I'm okay with that because that is a garbage game. And I will also say that one of the best and most enjoyable times I've ever had at a sporting event was opening day for the NFL, was the first first game for the Bears, I should say, at Soldier Field when they took on the 49ers in the rain. That was a great game. It was fun. It was a lot, a lot, of, uh, a lot of fun for us, even though we got completely soaked in rain. That was a lot of fun. Do I care what happens with the Bears going forward? No, I don't. So, yeah. Am I going to watch? Uh, yeah, I'm probably going to watch. <laughs> Do I in want terms to? Of no. betting, <laughs> in terms of betting, I will say my prop of the week, <clears throat> they probably, I haven't looked. 
Let me look real quick since I have it up. Sure, might as well. The game of the week is going to be the Bills and the Chiefs. Absolutely. Which is going to be an incredible game. But the weekly special is Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, 600-plus passing yards and seven-plus touchdowns combined. Ooh. Plus 450. Well, that, you know, as, as specials go, that's not – that's not to me. That's not that far fetched. I look at that and think, okay, so to get to six hundred passing yards, one of them goes off for three fifty, the other one throws two fifty. That sounds about right. But here, here's what I'll tell you about good old Patty Mahomes. When you need him to throw for two fifty, like I did the other night to hit my parlay, uh, he won't do it. Uh, that 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 that's what'll happen. He'll stop at like two forty nine. Uh, I think is what he'll he just had. throw four touchdowns yeah. to Travis Kelsey, and so it it will mess you up. Now this wasn't Monday night, but it was the week before, which that one miss hurt me so bad. I didn't place a single bet uh, for for the last week of football because the week before Pat Mahomes in a blowout as well uh, couldn't get to two. I think I needed him at two sixty to make my uh, to make my bet hit, and he he didn't get there. He he disappointed me. Uh, he disappoints me in a lot of ways. This way, he wasn't quite good enough, which probably doesn't happen very often to him. So I do think I could see this hitting. Um, Seven-plus passing touchdowns. I, I mean, what is that? That's two for two for one, four for the other, three three for or – that's bad math. Three for one, four for the other. You know, I, yeah, I could see that. Totally, I could see that. I, that's one I would I would place a bet on. And so, yeah, there, there's your weekly special. Was that fun? Yeah, it was all right. I will say the the touchdowns will probably be two and a half. I would go over for both of them because I don't think there's going to be a lot of defense in this game. And I will say this, there's a lot of focus on the Bills. I ain't betting against Patrick Mahomes at home with Travis Kelsey. Are you kidding me? Oh. I, I mean, I get it. The Bills, they're they're a machine. I ain't betting against Patrick Mahomes. He is the best quarterback in football, period, end of discussion. It's not close. No one is close to Patrick Mahomes. He does things we have never seen in the National Football League. The little jump shot pass that he threw a couple weeks ago, that was that was gorgeous. That was that was something that the, the improvisation on that was, was quite incredible. And, and you know what? I will say this. this is kind of an interesting place for me to be in my life. I've come to a point where as a fan, I have my teams that I root for and I, I want them to win. And I'm a, I'm a diehard Bronco fan, but I've also convinced myself that it's okay to enjoy greatness. Even if it's for a, a team that you don't like, uh, I, I hate the chiefs. You know, I hate the chiefs with a passion. Uh, I hate uh, everything about uh, Arrowhead stadium and the racist, you know, Tomahawk chop chant that they do. And I can't, Which, by the way, they did on indigenous people's day. Yeah. Felt real How about that. Felt real nice. Uh, so there, there are things about them. I can't stand, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, Oh, Patrick Mahomes isn't great. It's, it's like, think about being a chiefs fan in the eighties and nineties and, and trying to convince yourself that John Elway wasn't incredible. That John there Elway are was, still Chiefs and there fans are fans who and, are and, trying to convince people that John Elway wasn't great. It 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 is an odd thing to witness, and to me, it's just uh, you're just ignoring greatness because it doesn't 
it doesn't fit your narrative or, or make your team better or whatever. And and really, it's Scott Hansen who the you know re, red zone Scott Hansen is the one who I heard him talking about as a Detroit Pistons fan how much he hated Michael Jordan during that Bulls run, and he looks back on it now and he says to himself, "I just missed out on enjoying greatness." And exactly. that is a really interesting way to look at sports. And I, I, I am a fan and uh, I don't think I'll ever be able to get to that place with the Raiders, for example. <laughs> I don't no. care who it is. There's a, there are exceptions, you know, there's a, <laughs> won't ever, but I can appreciate what, what Patrick Mahomes is doing as a, as a core. I can, I'm appreciating what Josh Allen is doing. In fact, it hurts as a Bronco fan, knowing that they could have drafted Josh Allen. Uh, you know, they didn't have a, sh- a shot at, at Patrick Mahomes. So you don't, you don't get too upset there, but no, but the bears did. The bear. <laughs> I knew we, I knew we'd get there. I knew we'd get there. Speaking of the bears and their Thursday night game. Eventually. I, but I'll, and I'll, I'll say this, what has changed my fandom and the way that I watch sports is sports betting because it changes the way you watch and root for sports. And the thing that is so fascinating is I said, I will never bet against Patrick Mahomes. It's like betting against Tom Brady. Those are two things you don't do. And the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes are underdogs at home, at Arrowhead, a team that they just beat with 12 seconds left. I I get it. The Bills are a machine, but I ain't betting against Patrick Mahomes at home. And that's just, like you said, I will never bet against the I will never bet on the Raiders because I hate the Raiders and I will never bet on the Red Sox because I hate the Red Sox. Yep, there you go. That's the list, really. I mean, that really is the list. So, uh and Nebraska, but that's that's old school CU stuff. Like Nebraska isn't even a real place anymore, so that's fine. Um and apparently neither is CU. Can you imagine no. CU and Nebraska football? Both programs have fallen so far off. It is like to the point where the Nebraska team was dancing on the was it the Rutgers uh uh emblem when they beat Rutgers like dude you're Nebraska you're Nebraska don't dance on Rutgers emblem that's not a celebration that's embarrassing like even I was embarrassed for Nebraska I I hate Nebraska even I was embarrassed for him like ooh that is a that is a tumble that is a definite tumble so all right let's 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 rein it in a little bit get back to the schedule here uh, you you talked about already the what I think is the game of the week without question uh, when you look at it. Obviously, it's Bills and Chiefs. Uh, I'm surprised that wasn't immediately put into a primetime slot. I, I I find it fascinating that the NFL didn't go, that's a primetime game. That's our Sunday night or our Monday night. They'd rather have Cowboys-Eagles because of the Dallas market and the Eagles market over Bills-Chiefs, which is, I think, far and away the two, two best teams in the NFL. Maybe you throw in... I don't know what's what's the the next team on the list there. Uh, San Francisco. I was gonna say you're gonna go San Francisco. That defense, uh, that defense is insane. Yeah, a, t- a team that and lost somehow to the, Broncos. the Broncos beat them. <laughs> a team that lost to the Broncos. Okay, fine, well, that's fine. But yeah, I think I I I am shocked that's not a primetime game this week. Uh, so there there's one of your AFC West games. Obviously, we talked about Broncos Chargers already. And Raiders are on a the Raiders bye, are on so a bye, so we don't have to talk about those. They losers. won't have to lose. Yeah, they won't. Have yeah, to. Josh McDaniels won't have to cost his team a game by going for two a two point conversion, which makes absolutely zero sense. I, you know what? But I loved. I I'm not complaining. To, no, of course not. I was listening to Pat McAfee about that uh, today, and and he's his show is 
is interesting. I, I don't know that I could really say it's great. I know people love it. He's good. I enjoy it. It gets a little, it's a little overdone at times, but he's having a great time. Uh, you know, good for him. But he talked about the idea of analytics and uh, just going based off the numbers. And he said, you know, it's interesting. The, it, the analytics said going for two there was a coin flip. Like that, that's, that, that makes winning the game a coin flip. He goes, you know what isn't a coin flip? The kicker making an extra point. That's more than a coin flip. So at what point do the people take over and say, yeah, the analytics are good here, but also the people have to perform. And I know this guy is, is 80 or 90% and I'm being conservative there, but this 50% chance here gives me the win. This 80 or 90% chance gives me at least a tie. And I, and we're pushing the game further. I, I thought it was an interesting move as well. I, I Good, good for Josh McDaniels. He can't lose enough. I hate that guy. Well, and th- this could be a whole different podcast, but there's the numbers and the stats people. You put them into the same bucket as analytics people. I test. I test. Four minutes, 27 seconds left. You kick the freaking extra point. Yeah. Because what happened? You forced the, the Chiefs to punt. You still get the ball back, but you know what? The game is tied. Yeah, you're not losing now. Now you're not. Now you're not chasing the game. You're the, the game is. It's. It's like a. It's started over. It's zero zero at that point. Uh, you know, it, it is fascinating that they didn't just go for a zero zero scenario there and allow themselves uh, the opportunity to to play from there. I, I'm glad they is, didn't. Yeah, life is full of mistakes and good that they lost. Fantastic. Um, and that can't I, happen enough for Josh McDaniels. I, I got to tell you, I'm looking at the NFL schedule this week. It is hard for me to find a game outside of that Bills-Chiefs game that I can get excited about. I don't care about Cowboys-Eagles on Sunday night. I mean, obviously, Broncos-Chargers on Monday night. I'm, I'm, I am excited about that. But uh, really, what what is there? What What game is there that stands out to you as another potential game that's worth watching? There isn't one. It's garbage. This is a garbage week. Imagine if you were in a survivor pool. <laughs> you know, I, I will say, I know several people who contacted me week one and said, how do you feel about Broncos over Seahawks in my survivor pool? And I was like, that is the, that is the easiest pick you could make. And now they don't have to worry about making survivor pool picks this year. <laughs> Out week one. Fantastic. Nicely done. <laughs> yeah. Well, I went with Tampa Bay for mine, which... They're an eight and a half point favorite over Pittsburgh with a rookie quarterback. So I think that's the the right play for sure. So, all right. Well, is there is, is there anything else? Go Avs, go.